Delaware State of the Arts. I'm Andy Truscott. My guest today is James Morgan. Videographer Jimmy Morgan has been at work in a studio for over two decades, making recordings and following his profession as both a cinematographer and a YouTube channel designer. But the project for which he's been named a Division Emerging Artist Fellow is his series of engaging short videos that will speak directly to young children. His goal for this body of work is to create something that children will enjoy and learn watching. Jimmy, thanks so much for joining me today. And as we kick it off here, could you share a little bit with us and our listeners how you got started in cinematography and videography? Sure. Yeah, so um, in around 2011, I want to say, um, I got started with cinematography. Um, I started off with music videos, uh, short films. I was doing some commercial projects and things like that. Um, I branched off into some other things uh, along the years, and I uh, pretty much took a long focus on music. Uh, but I've come back to cinematography because it's one of the things that I love. And right now, what I'm attempting to do is to uh, take the creative things that I'm doing and bring them together with my family. So that's the reason why I'm focusing on children's content because I have children. And this gives me a way to do some of the creative projects that I'm doing while including my kids at the same time. So even while I'm working, I get to have family time and my kids get to enjoy something and uh, learn a new skill that maybe I could teach them while, while they watch me do what it is that I do at the same time. Did you learn or did you kind of kick off this idea of YouTubing pre or post COVID? Oh, uh, it was probably in 2009 that I actually started getting into these things because I really wanted to uh, focus on filmmaking before I graduated high school, but I didn't want to actually go to film school. Um, what I ended up doing was spending hundreds of hours on YouTube University, as they say, and uh, all of the film riots and the things like that. Uh, they pretty much taught me the basics of cinematography, and I grew to love it um, because it was it was a way for me to be creative and technical at the same time. Uh, I'm kind of a nerd, so the the technical aspects of cinematography are extremely interesting to me, and the creative aspects just um, is just something that I enjoy more than anything else. So it it was definitely pre COVID. I graduated high school in 2010, so it was actually before I graduated from high school uh, that I got into these things. What in what goes into making a YouTube channel per se? Yeah, so the great thing about YouTube is that it's very different than working with a studio uh, per se because YouTube gives you the opportunity to um, approach whatever it is that you want to platform or whatever it is that you want to create um, in many different ways. And typically it's however you want to approach it. So you have the ability to... Uh, take it to the next level and almost compete with professional studios and have a show be top tier if that's something that you want to create. Or you can just do something in your room with a green screen, a camera and a microphone, and it's all up to you. So typically, uh, from what I've seen, what, what really goes into um, creating a YouTube that's going to be successful is taking an idea that you care about because i think that that's paramount you actually have to care about what you're doing and trying to find 
an audience that cares about the same things that you either want to talk about or something that uh, that you want to create a business around. And what you do is you focus on the areas of the market um, that are not typically, um, I would say, uh, high, like high volume. You don't really want to get into something that everybody is doing because you'll basically be uh, washed away from the volume of people that are on YouTube because YouTube is huge. So if it's something that you're really passionate about and, and something that you care about, you either take the skills that you have and teach those things to an audience or on YouTube, or if it's something that you're passionate about and you want to be entertaining, you take something that's unique to you and, and your personality and your lifestyle, and you create an entertaining show um, around that. And uh, what we see is the algorithm on YouTube typically favors sticking to, I don't want to say sticking to the script, but sticking to a specific genre or, or, or something that one particular audience would care about. So if you really, really, really care about sports, then sticking to sports on your channel, rather be entertaining or educational is the way to go. Uh, for me, I, I have children and I'm incorporating my children and what I'm doing. So sticking to kids content is what is what's going to be important for me and what I'm doing. So uh, to answer your question, uh, the, the basics of what goes into uh, developing, creating and developing a YouTube channel is finding something that you're passionate about uh, and finding an audience that's passionate about that same thing and either educating them or entertaining them. So as we think about what inspires you, Ray, I know we had you had mentioned earlier about uh, creating an opportunity for you and your children to do something together for them to learn a new skill. Right. Um, what what else are you passionate about? What else can we expect to see in some of these videos? Yes, uh, the biggest uh, the biggest thing that you can expect to see um, outside of the cinematography element is music. Uh, my father actually taught me music, and I remember uh, my father sitting me down in front of a keyboard when I was probably nine years old and teaching me how to quantize and, and teaching me how to record my own tracks and edit and everything like that. So that's going to be a music is going to be a huge um, part of the show as well. Uh, because it's it's something that I'm passionate about. It's something that my kids love already, even though they're so young. And uh, it also helps, um, from what I'm seeing, it helps uh, in the ways that you want to teach kids lessons. When you, when you speak and, and you have dialogue that's teaching a lesson, it also helps very much when you have a song that they can sing along to uh, that teaches the same lesson as well. Do you uh, find that as you're building these videos, it's just you on camera? Do you utilize animation and some cartoons on camera? Talk to us a little bit about what the visual piece of it looks like. Yes. So uh, what I'm going to do is uh, if if you've seen the um, the videos that I put in for my, I guess you could call it my pilot. It's actually a mixture of both. So the the base of the videos is me on camera in front of a green screen. So it's meant to look similar to what Blue's Clues is like. It looks like he's in a living room, but the living room is actually digital. Um, so there's a lot of that. And there's also a, an element of cartoon that has its own section um, within the show. And it's meant to be interactive. So there's me, like the, the, the physical, actual person. And then there's a cartoon character that looks like 
me that I do the voiceover for. So it's actually a combination of both. And that's intended to not lose the audience because having small children, I know that if the show is really boring, they will they will lose interest very quickly. So I'm, I'm intending to mix it up uh, to keep the their atten- attention as long as possible. And especially right if you're on YouTube, uh, the ability to hit next video is right, right. there and you see it <laughs> front and center. So keeping them engaged, keeping them moving, always important. You were recently named a Divisions Emerging Artist Fellow this year. Talk to us a little bit about your reaction and uh, why it's such a meaningful kind of next step for you. Yes. Uh, initially, for the first probably month after hearing that I had won the award, I actually couldn't believe it to a certain degree. It was so overwhelming and so um, so exciting that I almost couldn't put words to it. And to a certain degree, I felt like I was dreaming for a while because this really gave me an opportunity that I wasn't sure that I would be able to have. And it, it, it's, it's amazing because it's not only an opportunity for me, but it's also an opportunity for my family. Um, I'm a big family man. I have six children. I have three boys and three girls. So this was not only exciting and amazing for me, but it was also exciting and amazing for my family because working a lot, it, it, it having something like this where you can incorporate your family in the work that you do is so beautiful. And it's nothing like that on earth. So for me, I I woke up and when I saw the email, <laughs> I almost sat and thought about it. Like, did I really just read that? I, I don't I don't know if I just read this or not, because this says that I just won this grant and I cannot believe this is true. So the excitement was through the roots. I'm actually still to the point where I'm just getting over being in shock. But it gives me uh, the opportunity to start something that I think um, is long overdue because as I've told you, I've been working on cinematography since probably uh, 2009. So it's been a really long time coming and to be able to uh, uh, build a project like this is it, it's, it's more than I could ever ask for. So I'm extremely excited. I'm extremely grateful and I'm looking forward to producing. And I, I think that this show is going to be meaningful, not only to my family, but hopeful to other families that have children that are uh, the age of mine as well. Talk to us a little bit about how your background, how your upbringing, how your schooling really has influenced not only this project, but some of the work you've done to date. The projects that I've done in the past have typically been uh, very simple, uh, not not over the top. I try to keep things uh, simple so that way I can learn the basics of what I'm doing and get a good foundation of how to produce things the best way as possible. So I'm the type of person that I prefer to uh, try to get my feet wet in a subject and really learn the basics of it before I try to go uh, really, really far and and really grand um, on what I'm doing. So a lot of the projects that I've done have been very small in order for me to um, get a real good grasp on what cinematography um, entails and what producing and a lot of times directing um, entails. So Um, Some of the projects that I've done in the past, uh, especially the music videos, have really taught me the tips and tricks that basically develop your speed when you're producing these projects. Because one thing that you'll learn is that the more projects you produce, the faster you can turn projects around, which is good because 
when when you get to the point where you can do a project like this with a budget, it, it's really going to be helpful to have the skills that you need to get things done quickly and to uh, put yourself in a position where you don't waste money. So uh, when I went to uh, middle school, we had um, uh, home economics, and that's one of the uh, things that this uh, show actually focuses on. I'm sure that we'll get into that later on in the interview. Uh, but one of the things that the show focuses on is reading and home economics. So I'm taking some of the things that I've learned uh, growing up and putting them in digestible videos uh, for kids in a fun way. So my goal here is to be entertaining for the kids, but also pleasing to the parents, because you also don't want to sit your kids in front of something where they're not going to learn anything for two hours, because I've done that. And that's a, a very, very big part of why I'm making the show in the first place, because my son, my youngest and uh, my 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 middle and my youngest son are literally my demographic here. So I'm making the show essentially for them in a way that families watching the show will feel the same way that I do about their children. So I'm taking things that I've learned like um, the home economics, the reading, the culinary arts, and I'm putting it on camera in a way that's intended to be entertaining, but also educational. So all of the things that I've learned that have given me skills over the years will basically give me the superpowers that I would need, so to speak, uh, to lay the foundation for this show to be creative and unique in a way that although there's many uh, children's shows out there, I know that there'll, there won't be any other shows that'll be like mine because mine is personal to me and my experiences and my personality. So uh, for example, I went to Del Castle. I, I graduated Del Castle uh, Technical High School in 2010 and I was in culinary arts. So there's three major parts about this show. There's the reading, there's the music, and then there's the uh, the recipes, which is intended to be a spin on snack time because what's more important to children than snack time? <laughs> so I'm taking the fact that I have a culinary arts background and infusing it in something that I already um, developed, which is cinematography, which could seem unrelated, but I'm bringing them together in a way that would allow me to use both skills at the same time in a unique way where it can be educational uh, and entertaining uh, for the viewers of the show at the same time, if that makes sense. Totally. Talk to us a little bit about how technology has grown and impacted this work from 2009 to now. Oh, absolutely. One of the uh, most uh, significant developments in technology that is helping me with this show that I never could have imagined even 10 years ago is the ability to animate characters on the spot. So um, Adobe, if you have the Adobe suite and you have Creative uh, Cloud, Adobe has a program where you can um, sync your, your face, your facial expressions and your movement uh, with a, a digital character that you create. So in the show, I have a character that looks like me and I do the voiceover, but what I've been able to do is actually synchronize my movement and my facial expressions on camera in front of the computer with the actual character. That's something that I would have never been able to do 10 years ago. 
And it's definitely, excuse me, it's definitely something that I wouldn't have been able to do on my own because although I have experience with directing and cinematography, I don't have experience with animation. So this gives me the ability to animate characters in the show just by syncing my physical body movements. And it is amazing. So the entire scene that you see uh, where I'm singing the ABCs and everything in the pilot that was literally done with me sitting in front of a computer uh, after I created uh, the character to look like me. So once you design the character, all you have to do is sync yourself up with it. And as long as you have a microphone syncing your voice where it can hear what you're saying, the, uh, the, the program in Adobe will literally... Uh, make the character react to what you're saying, and it'll look like he's saying exactly what you're doing. If you blink, it blinks. If you move your head back and forth, it moves its head. So it's amazing, and that's one of the 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 most uh, striking developments that I've seen in technology in a really long time. Can you tell us a little bit about a video that you're particularly proud of, or a project you're particularly proud of? Yes. Um, so without giving too much away, because <laughs> I want you guys to see it, um, there is an episode that I'm working on where the the elements of the show are supposed to almost seem unrelated, but intertwined together. And at the end, you kind of sort of all get it. So there is a particular snack time recipe where the, the the show host is teaching kids how to make popsicles. Now, granted, I told you that my heart behind the show is to make the kids happy by entertaining them, but also make the parents happy by giving them something that's educational and something that the parents will be happy about. So one of the things that I've done in one of these episodes is creating these green popsicles that the kids rave over. And my kids actually like these things. So the kids are excited because they're learning how to make recipes. So for this particular show, they're learning how to make these green popsicles that they think are delicious, but the parents are happy because what actually makes the popsicles green is kale. So they're having things that add nutritional value to what they're actually doing, but the kids can't taste it because of the mango and the pineapple. So all they know is that it's something sweet and something delicious, but the parents know, I just got you to eat kale and you never would have done that before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's kind of, those are the things that really make me excited because that's something that I really care about. And I know that this gives me an opportunity to bring some of these elements um, into the forefront that would be really difficult to get there in any other way. Because if I try to get my son to eat kale just plainly, he will look at me and say, it's it's definitely not happening. But if his if his kale and his spinach is in a popsicle that's uh, that the base of the popsicle is kale, mango, uh, pineapple he's going to love it and he's not going to know or care. All he knows is this popsicle is green. It's amazing. My favorite color is green and I'm happy. <laughs> so, yeah. What advice do you think you would give parents on how to choose the right educational videos for their children? Yes. Um, for me, I think it's all about sitting down and taking some time to watch the shows that your kids are looking at with them. Um, what kind of sparked a lot of this is me sitting down and taking the time to actually look at what my son was actually watching over an extended period of time. And I know that's not the easiest thing to do because we're all busy. We all have jobs. But even if you just sit down for five minutes a day and, and, and take a look at what your kids are watching on their tablets, sometimes you will find that 
they're watching the most boring shows that you could ever imagine, but there's something in it that they're interested in. And I think if you take whatever it is that they're interested in from those particular shows and try to direct them to more educational uh, content that has those same elements in it, that's how you can kind of uh, create a win-win situation. So for a, a perfect example, one of the inspirations that I have behind this show is Blippy. And I noticed that what my son really liked about watching Blippy was the episodes where he would do things like he would make chocolate bars. So to me, it's like, okay, what you're really interested in is these chocolate bars. And you're watching Blippy because he's the only person that's giving this particular content to you. So I know that these are the kind of things that my son and, and other kids are interested in. So if I either, for me as a creator, incorporate things like that into my own show, now I know what you're actually looking for uh, as a kid. And for the parents, if you know that that's what your kid is actually interested in, then you can find educational content that's centered around things like like that and you'll be able to uh, create an environment where your child is actually learning something from what they're watching and not just consuming content uh where it's just uh basically people playing they have they have some of these shows now where kids are just playing with slime and they don't even speak you know so like you want to avoid things like that you want to just try to find what the kids are interested in and try to direct them to content similar to it that has educational value. Jimmy, as we wrap up here, I wonder if you can share with our listeners where they might go to see a little bit of your work, see some of your videos, uh, and or what the name of your YouTube channel might be when it comes yeah. time to publishing. Yes, um, so I'm working on the, uh, the blueprint still. Uh, by the time um, I give you the link uh, that you can add to the show notes, the, the show is actually gonna be called Ruben Goob. Uh, you'll you'll understand once you see the show why that's uh, the name. Um, so the the YouTube channel will be called Ruben Goob. Uh, the social media account will be at Ruben Goob, and you'll be able to uh, find it pretty much on all platforms. Mm -hmm.